When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host right now, Magic Man, a.k.a. Sean Grace, uh, along with uh, the number one Lakers blogger, uh, according to all analytics and data out there, Mr. Tom Wong. Tom, welcome to Lakers Fast Break for the Lakerholic Spotlight. Glad to be here, Sean. Always good to see you. Always good to see you, my friend. And hello, Joe. Joe Soro joining us as well. Uh, it's been a rainy afternoon in Toronto. What's it like where you gentlemen are right now? We're uh, we're cloudy, although we just got done with a like a eighty-five to ninety-degree hot spell for three or four days. But uh, we're in the typical global warming climate crises weather. Uh, it's just really strange, but normally, normally it's, you know, San Francisco's Bay area weather where I live is cold in the summer and you get to October and you, you always have a hot October. So it's really weird. And Joe Soro, who every time I see the weather in Temecula, it's completely different than the, the county beside him, Palm Springs, which seems to have its own weather in and of itself. Yeah. The Palm Springs weather is a, is an oven. Just yeah, open, no. Open an oven and then go in the oven when it's been on for about maybe ten minutes, and you'll you'll know that you're in Palm Springs. Temecula is not that warm. It can get warm, but Palm Springs is an absolute fire. It's it's too hot. It's a desert here. Uh, you know, you got some mountains, you got some hills, you got the Santa Ana winds, but uh, the desert over there is just brutal, especially during the summer. Well, glad uh, both gentlemen are here today. So we're talking about impressions during training camp, Tom. So uh, I just wanted to throw a couple stats your way. So the Lakers with Elo in the lineup, Tom, have scored 30 points in every quarter he's started. They've averaged 35, almost 35 and a half points. Um, They're shooting well over 40% from three. Uh, when D'Lo and Austin Reeves are both in the starting lineup. And on the plus side, well, we've had six 30-plus quarters. We've only given up five, which is actually pretty good for for us. We so, are playing at a fast pace. We are. We uh, are. We are. They're all, it's, they're all be thrilled with the pace. So what do you think about what's go, going on? What are you seeing with your impressions I, I'm giddy with happiness over the way that things are developing. Um, and it's all of the pieces are really starting to come together for this team. Um, 
there was a great article by Johan Buha uh, yesterday or this morning uh, about the Lakers solving the three-point shooting dilemma, you know, and really and we've seen that in the games and, and this new five-out lineup that Ham is doing, um, the development of all of the players. Um, I mean, oddly, for the first time in, since I've been a Laker fan, Tom Laker Tom is not complaining about the starting lineup. I don't care what it is. We have so many good options. Darwin Ham can – I don't care who he puts in that fifth starting spot. As far as trades go and so forth, Everybody can't continue to play as well as we're playing right now or else we're going to lock up the entire league by the middle of the season. But the signs are are really very positive that D'Angelo Russell might be the third best player on the team, not Austin Reeves. Um, so, you know, I'm just thrilled with the way that they're playing. Um, everything's coming together. We traded a hopefully just a little bit defense for a lot of offense. Um, but as a Laker fan, you can't be – you can't be any more giddy for a two and two preseason record because when when the top six or seven guys have been on the floor, this team has been awesome. And the evolution of the evolution of the players that we have added in the last year, the job that Polinka and Ham have done in redoing the roster and the shooting ability, the fit of the players. Um I mean, it's really, it's really remarkable. We have so many guys playing so well. Um, and I just hope that we can keep this up. Um, this whole thing about continuity, um, I think, is really starting to pay off. And uh, the main thing is, is that um, I want to see, I want to see what we've done is we're winning the three-point battles against some really good three-point shooting teams. But we're also giving up opportunities to we shot terribly from the free throw line or we would have killed them from man. And we haven't been winning the points in the paint. We've been losing them just by a few points. Now, a lot of that I think is because of preseason and the last quarter of dumping guys in and, and all of this stuff. And I think that'll change once we get going. And like Ham said, the offense is definitely ahead of the defense at this point in time, but uh, man, you got to love being a Laker fan right now. And uh, the team is just doing well, just, you know, Basketball gods just keep us healthy. We'll get number eight. And thank you very much for that opening, Tom. And as we welcome in Yami Su. What's up, Jamie? How's it going, Sean? How's everybody doing today? We're Good well. to see you, Jamie. Good to see everybody. So we're talking about impressions during training camp, Jamie. So I've got a great Darwin Ham impression. Hold on. Hmm? Oh, no, not that kind of impression. I'm sorry. My impression is not, not me doing impressions. I, I apologize. I was about to go into my, I was going to, you know, I was going to do my LeBron, like, and like, the whole, sorry, my bad. I totally misread the. I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to go off camera, change and eat while we were uh, podcasting. <laughs> I've got, a oh, I was expecting the Darwin Ham little face poster that he'd hold up in front of it and start talking. I, I, I'm about to go get a fruit salad. So just bear with me. It's almost ready. That's I just got to get it out of the microwave. Uh, my impressions so far during the first two preseason or this whole preseason uh, to this point are that, you know, this, this whole idea of building a team as crazy as it sounds to uh, some people, uh, it works. It's why Denver won last season. They had the best team. Uh, they also had 
one of the best players uh, in the, all of basketball, which helps. But we have, I think, two of at least top 10 players, potentially, if they play enough games, to have also some of the best players in all of basketball. So I'm excited to see how this, you know, you, you've, you've got guys sitting out, uh, which I think is in some ways been beneficial for Prince and Wood. Um, two guys who we're going to need to count on. Vando sitting out to rest that ankle, get his foot right. I think, A, the right move for Vando. B has had a nice, you know, side effect of giving Prince and Wood a little more space to show what they can do, get a little more run in with the guys who you would want to see them playing with. You don't, ideally, you don't want to see Prince and Wood, you know, playing garbage time minutes. Ideally, they're contributors to the greater whole. Uh, and so it's been nice for them to get that nice extended opportunity without, you know, the coaching staff feeling like, oh, well, we got to like put this guy in for like five minutes just because he hasn't played much and it's preseason. Um, so that's one of the things that I've been really excited to see. Uh, and the other thing is I think Ham's right. Uh, the defense is not there yet, but it's preseason. I think Tom's right. I think a lot of this stuff will – it's hard to gauge when the last pretty much half is de facto garbage time, you know, or what can Max Christie do today? Uh, right. Or can Jalen hood Shafino make more than one basket uh, time? You know, like that, that's what the last quarter and a half is in all of these games right now. It's not, we're working on, I mean, I'm sure the coaches would like for them to work on something, but you can tell it's just like a G League game. Guys are running up and down, shooting the ball. There's not a lot of action going on. Uh, you know, poor shot selection, one could say. You know, so it's hard to get a read on on how the team finishes games, right? Because these games don't matter. Nobody cares how we finish these games. We're not playing the finishing lineup. So we're, we're seeing a little too much. Uh, G League action in the fourth quarter and not enough NBA action, but that's preseason. It's not going to change. So maybe in the last game, they'll get a little more serious, but it really won't matter until opening night. Opening night, we'll see the real team. Opening night, the games will matter. Hopefully everybody's stayed healthy this entire time. Vando sounds like he could go if the games mattered a little more. I won't be surprised if he sits out uh, a week into the season if anything's bothering him really at all. Uh, they can't trade him this season so they need to make sure he's healthy for the stretch so you might as well get him as right as he can get so that he can play his game the way he can play it uh and you might as well see a little bit more of like when the games mattered of what prince and wood can do frankly uh they they're either gonna be a part of this or they're not and i feel like they're gonna kind of establish that niche early on because we saw what happened with lonnie walker when he fell out of the rotation he fell out of the rotation there was no Maybe he'll, we'll play him in this game, see if he gets back, or this or that or the other thing. He was gone. So, and that just seems to be Ham's modus operandi that once he finds a combination that works, he's going to kind of lock it in and he's not going to do much adjusting in the regular season. I'm not talking about the playoffs because he did plenty of adjusting in the playoffs. And that's what you want to see out of your coach. You don't want to see him be like, well, this isn't working. Let's try it again. Uh, so, that, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm hopeful, I guess is my impression. My impression is of that of a hopeful fan. Uh, I think that, you know, I've seen enough out of LeBron and AD that they look pretty locked in. They look ready to go. Uh, Reeves looks like Reeves. Hachimura looks like Hachimura. Uh, I, I've been kind of pleasantly surprised with how effective Vincent and Delo's game meshes together. I think that they really could, unfortunately, 
<laughs> paved the way for some pretty good three guard lineups uh, where you throw Reeves out there uh, and, you know, any, any two guys, you know, mm -hmm. any other two bigger guys um, and let it roll. So, but I, I got to say this, but D'Angelo Russell looks great. He looks focused. Mm -hmm. He looks stronger. He's taking contact and finishing. Playing defense. He's he really playing defense. Playing defense. I mean, he's he's trying at least. I won't say that he's playing good defense, but the, you know, he's putting in the effort, and with effort comes improvement. And so it has to start with where he's starting. And I think he'll get better when he plays more with AD, when he isn't playing with Max Christie as much, when he isn't playing with Demoy Hodge or Fudge or you know some of these other guys who are just kind of like, ah right now and you can see it when they're on the court they're all like Wah. so I, I i'm i'm liking what i see from all the continuity guys uh nothing in training camp has changed how i feel about our weakness at shooting guard you know christie's been really up and down uh if the team has a weakness it's that it's the backup guard core after vincent it, it drops off considerably after gabe vincent uh, and if the Lakers do make a move of any kind this season, I would expect it to shore up that. I don't. I wouldn't expect them to trade for you know Miles Turner when they need backup guards. So I, I you know, not that's not knocking against Miles Turner or potential trades for Miles Turner. It's just that's not the Lakers don't need that guy right now. They have a lot of those guys. They got Wood. They got Bando. They got AD. They got LeBron. They got guys who play the four or five slot, a plenty, and you're not moving most of those guys. For Wood, maybe Hachimura, I guess, but his contract doesn't quite come up to. Uh, so I don't, that that just starts to become a. If you're adding guards into that trade, it starts to become a sum. You're even you're deepening your problem even more when it comes to the guard position. If you if you right. if you lose if you trade for a big, so the only move I see us doing, and it's still you know there's still time for a team like OKC uh, or uh, the Spurs. They all need to make roster cuts. Still, there's there's some at least comparable to Max Christie type guys who could be cut loose and might end up taking up that 15th roster spot uh, on the Lakers. Nobody in training camp has made me think, Oh, let's give Colin Castleton that guaranteed contract and, or Des Moines Hodge. It's, I like his shooting. I, I think, I just think all of them need a year in the G league. It's, it's really just as simple as that. I don't, I don't see nothing has changed my opinion. If they're really just not ready for prime time yet. Um, they may have to be ready in some games. I'm sure they'll move the two ways around here and there, or, you know, make that happen and get them a little bit of playing time up with the big squad. But they all, to a man, look overwhelmed at, at the pace and physicality of the NBA game. And that won't get better with travel, right? That won't, that, that won't improve <laughs> with back-to-backs uh, in two different cities and two different time zones. Uh, it won't improve with the pressure that'll start to increase as the season goes on, especially if we don't win a lot of games out of the gate. But I think we'll, I, I expect us to start off better than we did last season. So yeah, I'm hopeful. I like, I like what I've seen uh, from the continuity guys. Nobody's wowed me uh, from the youth core, the youth movement, the Laker kids, whatever we want to call them. Um, they've had Hot their moments. Cold. Hot and cold. Yeah, they, they've all had their moments, right? They've all had a moment where you're like, ah, oh, I see, I see what the front office seen. And then I, there's other moments where you're like, yeah, but you're just not ready, bro. Like, and that's, it's, it's a process. You know, these guys are all learning. They're, they're not superstars. They're yeah. It's not like, it's not like we're ready to present the blue ribbon to any no. of these right now. They, they still have a lot of work to do. <laughs>
This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like, it has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. As we uh, continue on here, uh, I also wanted to get your guys' impressions on whether or not you actually think that Prince should be starting, Tom. Do you think that Prince should start over Vando? Yeah, I do at this point in time. Um, I think there's a couple. There's a couple of interesting things that sort of have happened around this whole starting fifth starter thing. Um, and Ham just came out recently and said it, it really hasn't been finalized. And this is after saying he's already locked in on a guy, um, but he has said that he's not going to be switching once he puts somebody in there. He's going to be pretty much like Frank Vogel was, um, which is. We're going to decide upon a lineup, and those are the guys that are going to go out there and play. Now, they may not finish the game, or, you know, there may be substitutions depending upon what happens, but he wants us, he wants people to know their spots. And a lot of it is because of the routines that guys get into as pros before a game. They, they're, they're all geared very strongly on who's going to start, when they're going to come in the game, and so forth. So he wants to do that. And I think that. I mean, my if it were me and I was looking to build this team, I would probably start Achimura because I think he provides – he gives you a second big that can also do all of the other things that you need, which is play small forward so LeBron doesn't have to and, and so on. But there, you can't go wrong when you look at the simple fact that there's not a lot of pressure on Vando, so I don't want to put him in a starting spot. Because if you put him in a starting spot, I think he's really going to add a lot of pressure to rectify those problems that he had last year. Um, and why put that pressure on him when you don't have to? Because he's not seen, I don't think, by the Lakers as the long-term starter. And so I think it makes sense to put Prince in there. Prince is the guy that they spent the second most money of new money on as a free agent, $4.5 million, the, the biannual exception. Um, and he's shown he can shoot. He's shown he hasn't lost that shot in his last three years. He's been a consistent high 30s three-point shooter from the corners. And I've seen him drive to the basket. I've seen him play good defense. And what he does is he really leaves a great versatility on the bench for because you got Vando and you got the other two candidates, Vando, Vando and Rui on the bench, able to be able to plug in where they're needed and where they can be most effective. And I think that we'll see a lot of that balance. Um, also, I, you know, it, I've, I've heard that he, there's even some consideration that that um, that Hayes has played well enough that they like the idea. If they really want to go to two bigs, Hayes, um, it's. I think what's going to kill that is the five out, and I think the success with a five out. And if you watch the game, ninety percent of the ninety percent of the plays start with a five out. We're we're moving into that. I mean, there was I heard him say that. Well, you, well, we're going to see some, we're going to see some four out, you know, and and some of the other stuff that we've done before. But 
watching the game and I watched specifically looking for that, all I saw was five out. And man, it is effective because the ball is moving. The players are sharing it. Um, the team does. There were parts of the game against the Warriors that I swear I this was not a preseason game. These guys were playing basketball and, and the ball was moving and players on both teams um, were playing like teams that had continuity. We're playing like like Jamie said, like the Nuggets played in the finals against us. They were a team that, you know, they played five years together, man. You, the other guys were like, hey, you four guys want to join me on pickup game here? We'll take next court. Um, so there's a big difference between that. And I think the continuity that we had, even though we've got five new guys, we have seven of those 12 players. Um, I was listening to the Series XM this morning and um, they were talking about the over-unders and who are the, one of the biggest four or five over-unders. And um, one of the guys picked the Lakers, basically. And he said that, you know, the Lakers are going to be 50-plus wins and and really they're going to bust over their 44-and-a-half or whatever the over-under was for them. Um, and before the end of that show, even, even two or three of the other guys who were talking there who were known Laker haters – one of them even switched himself around and said, "I, you know, I'm going to go for the over on the Lakers." So, uh, I think that I think that I think that Prince is the right move to start the game. Why would you want to, you know, unless unless they do something in the next game? I mean, 80s LeBron's going to play one more game. Which game do you think it is? The last game. The last game, I think. Or give him or do you play against the Bucks? But the is not playing. So I think Jamie's right. The last game is when he's going to play. So yeah, how are you going to start? What are you going to do? That is the last chance to do. You're going to start a guy one game before the playoffs start. It won't be Vando not coming back from the injury. The logical player is Prince. And the only, the only exception that I could see to the thing is if they start AD and Wood tomorrow. That would be interesting. Because uh, and, Tom, and Tom, you bring up you bring up a great. What is point. the guy if you're going to play five out? Who's the guy who Who's the guy who fits the bill for the five out? It's Christian Wood. I know everything says that that's a radical move. Oh, radical man! Yeah. Well, I, you know you you brought up you brought up a significant point, and I'll I'll bring uh, Joe Soro into uh, the conversation now. Joe, I think. Um, I think a lot of people are kind of missing the forest for the trees as far as the rotation goes. I, I think we're pretty much all in agreement that uh, it, it, uh, it, in the big scheme of things, it really doesn't matter who starts. It's about who finishes. But I, I really don't think people understand that in win-now mode, which is what we are in, <coughs> minutes, minutes are fungible. So if you're not producing, your minutes will be allocated to somebody else regardless of uh, whether or not you're the teacher's pet. Uh, so you really do see a situation where if you're not playing well, he's just going to sit your ass down. There are options this year. So, yes, I do see those who don't make shots sitting down, and that's ultimately what's going to have to happen here is, is you're going to have to make shots, and you're going to have to make shots continuously. If you don't, you are going to be replaced. There's just no other way to be about it. This is a league that's getting 
heavier and heavier in the shot making department. We lost against Denver because of shot making versus no shot making. There's a little bit of fatigue that that played into that, but that's part of not being able to make those shots. And this season, there's youth, there's depth, there's players that have a lot to prove. There's players that have been rewarded for their play. There's a lot of enthusiasm. There's chemistry. You have two superstars on the team, which is usually plenty if you have good surrounding players around them. Uh, it's evenly balanced. You have good-sized small forwards. You have good-sized guards. Some are tall. Some are, 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 are just right. Some play defense. Some play really good offense. Some can play a little bit of each. There's really every kind of skill set on this team that that would warrant two superstars the, at, the, at the capacity of, of LeBron James and Anthony Davis to winning basketball. And in the first four playoff so I'm sorry, preseason games, I have seen phenomenal basketball in terms of player movement, spread, spreading the, uh, the spread of the offense, the shot making. Chemistry just looks like they've been playing for a long time. And we're, we're in for a treat should the Lakers stay healthy. I think so. I think so. I, at the same time, I think kind of the the whole theory behind the impressions was made with, uh, and uh, Jamie brought him up, Max Christie. Uh, as far as uh, minutes and fungibility, Jamie, uh, Max Christie wasn't promised a, a role on this team at all. No. He, he was promised an opportunity, but not a role. Correct. And, you know, he's going to have to not, And he's not the backup who's coming off of the bench for Reeves right now at all because that is Gabe Vincent. Yes, Tom. We, we've kind of talked about that as well, and obviously we want to get the Lakerholics thought on it because right now it looks as though it's, it's, a, it's a triumvirate at the guard position. It's just three guys, and that's it. Um, maybe a sprinkling of Max Christie with spot minutes, as Gerald has uh, noted. Uh, but aside from that, with live bullets flying, guys, do you – you expect those three guys to get the chunk of the minutes, right? Yeah. I, I think Christie and Reddish are fighting for a role on this team. Yeah. Um, you know, Reddish. Yeah, Reddish it, it reminds me a lot of Kwame Brown. Like you look at him and you think, yeah, that guy really ought to just be a fantastic basketball player. And then you watch him play and you're like, but he's not. <laughs> he's just uh, and maybe someday he puts it all together and maybe he doesn't. I don't know. I don't I don't see it happening on this team. So to that, I think Christy, frankly, has a leg up on Reddish incredibly, uh, despite him being a second-year guy. Um, I, You know, I feel like Christy had that first hot game and everybody was like, here he is. And then he hit a rough – he hasn't made shots from the outside after that. But he hasn't, he hasn't adjusted. He hasn't just started taking the ball to the rim. Jumper doesn't work. There's another way to score. <laughs> you don't need to shoot a 20 to 30 foot shot every time. I, I, I understand that you want to see it go in on a personal level. Like I get it. Like I've been working on the shot. I put in hundreds of hours on the shot. This shot should work. I'm going to make it work. I, I am stubborn as well. Take it to the rim. Get to the rim. Get hit. Get to the foul line. See something go through the hoop a couple of like build yourself up a little bit. 
And that's, I, 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 somebody needs to take him aside. And I, I, I'd be surprised if somebody hadn't. And he just he isn't doing it because um, he's young and wants to make his shot. I don't know. I, I think that he, he needs to diversify his point of attack a little bit. Uh, second year guy. I'm not expecting a lot out of Max. It's all, this was always, I mean, since the, since the trades all happened and the, the signings all happened and the extensions all went down, this is what we've been talking about on all of our shows for a while now. The number one weak spot on this team is the backup guard position. It's it's everybody's at one point or another has has been like, and don't forget, we're weak at the backup guard position. So you know, it, 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 it's it's not. It's just being confirmed before our eyes, right? That's all. That's all that's happening here in preseason is the one. The, the Achilles heel is, to this team right now is that we're going to rely a lot on D'Lo, Reeves, and Vincent. And that's the plain truth of it all. And those guys need to show up. They need to show up or this team is going to have some real issues scoring the basketball. Because you won't won't be able to defend smaller guys much past Hachimura and Bando. Uh, Even Rui is going to have some trouble keeping up with some of the smaller, you know, water bug guys out there who are just so adept at moving left and right. Vando's really the only one who can contain like a Morant. And I don't even want to, like when I say contain, I don't mean like, we're not talking about shutting these guys down. We're just talking about making life difficult for some of the better scorers in the league who are adept at moving laterally and vertically. And with yeah, Jamie, right? Jamie, we're, we're in a different time and place where man to man defense is it's gone the, the way uh, of the gone. dinosaur. It's gone. Yeah. No. So we're talking about group containment with a, a guy like Vando or Reeves, Vincent, Delo on down the line and smaller, trying to contain the point of attack from the perimeter from, from half court to the perimeter. That's where this team is going to struggle. If any one of Reeves, Vincent, or Delo goes down, if, if Reeves regresses somehow, if Delo's preseason is 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 a mirage and he has you know a rough start to the actual regular season, or same with Vincent, this will all start to look a little less like a unicorn and a little more like a like a like a donkey uh, with a with a paper with a cardboard horn taped to its head. Uh, and I don't expect that. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, you know, throw water on anything, but I just saying that like, if I look at this team objectively, and if you were to ask me, what's the number one issue with this team, it's that this team is weak at the guard position and it's the most important position in the modern NBA. It, whether anybody likes to admit it or not, it is the absolute most important position in the modern NBA. Uh, your guard, your guards need to make shots your guards need to at least do an admirable job of trying to stay in front of their guy on defense or calling out coverages when a screen's coming. And if they can't do that, and they need to really be able to score inside and out or be elite at one or the other. Uh, and if you're not that guy, uh, you know, you'll probably have a career in the NBA, but you won't be, you won't make a name for yourself. So I, I'm curious to see how that plays out when the games matter a little more. And that could be a reason that Hodge actually plays more than any other guy. He's the only one of all our young guys who I think can handle it defensively and offensively. I like Hood Shafito's defense okay, but he just he, he he's a sinkhole on offense. You can't you can't it, it just it's a you're 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 giving up offense. You're you're making your offense slow and predictable. You can't play Hood Shafino 
unless he's like in a Ben Simmons-esque role, I guess, where he has the ball and he's got nothing but scores around him. Uh, but I don't see that as uh, really a, uh, I don't see that as being a, a, a valid strategy at this point in his career. He, he just has too much to learn. He's got too much to, there's, there's too steep of a curve for Hood Shafina right now to be an impact player. So I could see Hodges being like, if Christie just isn't making it happen. I could see them give, giving Demoy Hodges a shot. Uh, and if that doesn't work, then we're going to be looking at who hasn't been signed to a team. <laughs> no, uh, or, or, or it's going to force us to make a trade. Because yeah, but that won't happen until the, the, the fact that that's our point of vulnerability in a guard-driven league, as you say, Jamie, uh, brings up the issue of why would the Lakers make a trade, and that's, that's the only reason for making the trade. I would agree uh, because you're we're for our backcourt is our backcourt is going to have to face teams with two superstars, oh, yeah. Bradley, Bradley, and and Booker. I mean, it's. Kyrie and Dame, Kyrie and, and Luca, you, you've got combinations that we're going to go up against where you start off by looking at 20 to 25 points per game deficit at the backcourt, and how are you going to handle that? So there's a couple of things there. Uh, everybody keeps pumping Reddish in here as an option at shooting guard. He's never played any minutes at shooting guard, period. He's not. He's not. Uh, secondly, he's not, he's not playing the, the, the – uh, <laughs> It's not, I've, I've seen them talking about putting Prince at shooting guard. Prince plays primarily for the last three years power forward. He's not even a small forward from pure definition standpoint. No, Tom, um, but uh, as we were, we were talking to uh, Chris Hine, who's from the, the Minneapolis Star Tribune, Tom, and I asked him point blank, do you think Prince is a three or a four? And he said, yeah, he's played minutes at the four, but I think he's a three. Hmm. It's interesting that they did not keep Prince and that he only got a four and a half million dollar offer. You know, I mean, it's he's like the forgotten guy going into the Lakers camp. And what what comes out as a plus to me is if the forgotten guy going into the camp when you're counting on these other 12 guys to be contributors or other 11 guys to be contributors, if he comes through and he's playing like he's playing, um, that is a bonus for the team. Because well, you can slot him in, you can slot him into the starting lineup without hurting anything that you were thinking was reasons why you wanted to keep Rui on the bench or Vando on the bench or, or or Wood on the bench. They're all just now it leaves you with an options where you can put some combinations out there if if you're not playing hockey and you really just move LeBron and AD around and give them a lot of rest. You can put some combinations out there that will give the other teams real problems because we're so diverse. We have such a such a mix of we have such versatility in how we can attack and the combinations we can put together. This is a, this is a question for everybody on the panel and also our, our audience in the chat. Who are our three best shooters? Best, most efficient to least efficient. Is I that mean, we're talking about the top three? But still, you probably put D'Lo and Prince in there, and then Prince and D'Lo, Prince and Reeves. I was yeah. thinking Reeves as well. How about yourself, Joe? Yeah, I was going to say Prince so far, uh, Reeves and and D'Angelo for sure. And I agree. And I agree. That's three. That's three out of three. And if you're agreeing, that also happens to be if you wanted to take a starting lineup with two superstars who needed to have spacing, and you were going to pick three guys to put around them, which three guys would you pick? Yeah, those would be the three guys. Um, 
we we saw the 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 slight minutes they had together. They played seven minutes, but they were a plus eleven on the floor. Um, yeah. The defense really didn't tail off all that much. Prince looked actually some wings he's going to be fine with, like yeah, uh, yeah. like the the king. Yeah, at wings. least he's six seven instead of yes. six four, man. I mean, oh. I'm so tired of six four guys guarding six eight guys. So Tom, so Tom, that that's that's the idea. I think that's the ideal lineup. What's our best defensive lineup in your eyes? And I'll ask uh, Joe and Jamie that question as well. Boy. The best. I mean, I'm just assuming lineup. that any lineup we're talking about has AD and LeBron in it, so we're really. But you got if it's, a, if it's a defensive lineup, you got you got to start by putting Vando in there somehow. Right. Yeah. So Vando replaces uh, Prince, um, and then I probably would say that if you're looking at D'Lo versus, uh, I'd probably go with uh, Gabe at over D'Lo for defensive purposes. Um, I, would go, I would do it a little bit differently. Keep my finish up, Tom. I would yeah, do. I would do yeah, Vando. Ahead, I would do Vando, Hachimura, and Vincent. Okay. How about yourself, Joe? You take Reeves out, huh? I would. Reeves Reeves That's... showed in FIBA that he is. We we do have a we do have one small issue at least this preseason, and that's rebounding. Yeah. So the issue with running the another reason for Rick Christian Wood to be in a starting lineup. <laughs> Christian Wood was not, on the team. was not yeah, boxing out the, the way he probably should have either. That right. might but be that's just a, force that's a correctable. Habit. That's a correctable. That might be a force of habit yeah. that he needs to fix, and that the coaching yeah. staff needs to needs right. to do that. You know what they want to do is they they don't want to manage, they don't want to coach like let's say a Dave Roberts or a Mike Tomlin. You want to <laughs> you want to coach. You want to actually coach if you want to learn how to manage and coach. Uh, you go to Texas, uh, you know, you know, you go to, you go to Houston where, where Dusty Baker manages and coaches and actually, uh, has fundamentals taught, you know, instead of maybe feelings. Um, so Christian Wood playing against Denver because you need size, uh, you're going to need to maybe put him in the block and teach him how to uh box out i know that sounds weird for a veteran nba player but a lot of times I, I don't know if you guys remember this but the first season phil jackson was was coaching the lakers uh with shaq and his prime and kobe and all these great players right well he had them doing fundamentals he had them doing shadow uh layups with no ball and and acting like the, there's a ball there while, while they're guarding someone so it's not fundamentals are fundamentals guys you you know it's just like you, you never stop training the basics. Otherwise, you start to lose it. It's got to be instinct. So yeah. the Lakers the Lakers need to tighten up a little bit in the fundamentals down in the block. But they have solved a major issue based off the preseason, which is, which is uh, making shots, which is the most important part of the game. And, 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 and you just have to adjust. Darvin Ham is going to have to adjust to... Yeah. It's going to have to adjust to the lineups. We're going to probably find out in the first two games how well he can do it because you have two totally different type of teams that you're going to be playing against that are very good in the uh, Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns. Absolutely. No question about it. Um, moving on, uh, I wanted to ask uh, Tom and Jamie another question that uh, 
that's kind of been out there. Uh, recently, the uh, NBA did uh, their annual GM survey, and they found that uh, a couple interesting notes with the Lakers. One is that um, somehow Giannis Antetokounmpo is the most versatile defender in the NBA, and uh, they didn't even have Anthony Davis on the list. Interesting. Uh, also, uh, uh, gentlemen, do you know who the steal of the draft was, according to most NBA GMs? Whitmore? It was Cam Whitmore, Tom. That's correct. Yep. Got 20% of the vote. Should be noted that uh, although some people just don't want to hear it, they're going to be linked for a long time, and their careers will be paralleled beside one another uh, by some Laker fans. And that's just the way this, this, uh, well, they, they, should taken him and, they should have taken him instead of JHS, but, uh, they didn't that spilled milk. So let's not worry about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Another, another point, uh, made in the, uh, the GM survey was that, um, uh, the Lakers are, are nowhere near any of the darlings not a darling coach not a darling superstar not dar they didn't even let we weren't even considered to have the best off season in the nba right who was this who who did this survey oh, the, the gm it's, it's yeah. the gm the survey is this Daniel. the same is is this the same a holes who had kobe ranked fourth in the top 100 on espn no, no that's that some of them probably were that's that's espn some of them probably 40th. were 40th Kobe 40th imagine that seriously you go into that room and you sweep that room out whoever those people that voted sweep them you sweep them out of the goddamn building 40th and how do you not how do you sit there and ask how do you sit there and have a straight face and not say that this offseason by paper I understand if they blow it during the regular season, but on paper, how the hell was this not one of the top three off seasons? How? Well, what are you watching? TikTok? Are you watching TikTok? It's judgment. Are you are you doing constant hiring? Judgment is always a bell curve. Like, every every five every five. They're days, all idiots at both ends of the every bell Every five curve, days, so. they're doing new hires every time. Remember when when we used to see mm -hmm. a set rule? It was a set stage. People did NBA NFL matchup. People did NBA Today. Every time I go to these shows now, when I run into it, when I'm changing the channel, there's 400 different people on the show now. So what do they do? Are they paying per diem now because they're so cheap and they're getting it up the you know what because they don't know how to pay anybody? They're trying to sell their business to Apple and all that stuff? Is that what's going on? This is who's in charge now of these things. People who have no idea what the hell they're watching, what the hell they're doing. Why? Because no one wants to pay them money. They don't want to pay money for the true professionals. They don't want to do that. So now people like us, we got to go on these shows on a podcast and call them out to the point where we build enough of a crowd and then they got to hire the Pat McAfee. Because Pat McAfee is the, the first hire that ESPN has done that actually has talent. No, 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 that one, that's fine. That can get talent on his, on his, on his channel. That can get talent that trusts him. Come on. I mean... We're not doing anything. We're, we're, we're just tell, we're telling you what, what, what we're hearing. How do you even have a straight face and not say that the Lakers had one of the best offseasons? How? How? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Don't listen to them. It don't matter. It's just bulletin board material. We'll take every bulletin board material we can get. Eh. 
I don't, I, I don't listen it's, to it's, what you What you don't realize, because you're on the West Coast, I remember living on the East Coast for a year. Now, I admit it was in the pre-internet era, okay? But I lived <laughs> in New York for a year. And you cannot even, I can't even get the scores of Laker games. Because the newspapers come out before the games are over. And the next day, they don't even tell you about the previous day. So you're totally ignored when they say ESPN is an East Coast-oriented newscasters. And most of those ESPN people are all in the surveys that are choosing for GMs and so forth. All of these, all of these results are predictable. You want to get clicks, you go anti-Lakers. Yeah. That's simple. Because you get all of the people who hate the Lakers, and you get all of those idiots who love the Lakers who are going to read it just because they're mad at you. <laughs> You're not. Well, they're not so getting I, my. They're not getting my attention. I'm. I'm. I'm here. The beautiful well, you thing just about, ran about thirty minutes about them. The beautiful, the beautiful thing. That's because I heard. I heard about yeah. it. I didn't watch. Yeah, it. he didn't watch it. He heard. I didn't about watch it. it. No, yeah. I don't watch. I, I the only time and, I'm on the is it, when it, I'm. It was. It was a, a no. It what It what. No, 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 no. That was the NBA GM survey. Joe uh, was talking about the trash ESPN player rating. That, that nine and was ten straight, for LeBron and AD. Yeah, that was yeah. straight straight up garbage. That's um, great because I would probably have them down there at four and five. Well, as long as we segue into that, Tom, who's your, who are your top ten players in the NBA oh, right top now? Ten, boy, I haven't thought of that, but I, I can. I'll, okay, I'll give Jamie, it a go. do you have a top ten? Well, I'll right give now. I'll give it a go, with and I'll make it quick. All uh, right. Number no, one, Luca. Number Ooh. two, Giannis. Oh. Number three, LeBron. Number Ooh. four, AD. Oh. Number five, the Boston guy. Tatum. <laughs> oh my God. Tom. You know the- number six, Booker. Oh my God. He just seven, forgot about. He just wait, forgot about seven, is- Yeah. SGA. Uh-huh. Number eight. Who am I missing? You're missing yeah, you're missing someone big. Oh, I missed Jokic. Okay, that's why I stick Jokic up. That's why I really was four and five for LeBron and AD. Yeah, so Jokic. So now I'm not... should be two or three or one even, but sure. Well, I I, I I put him one. I put Jokic one, then Luca, then okay. all right. Okay. Then throw Embiid in there at I nine. Think at nine. Embiid at nine, and. Uh, I'll take the defensive player of the year last year as 10. Oh, okay. Triple J. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, Jamie, your top 10? The NBA uh, right now? Just eat the damn orange. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one pill takes the smaller. All right. That'd be Jokic, Giannis, Luca, AD, LeBron. Right on. <sighs> Booker, I guess. Embiid. I mean, the problem is that like so many guys who I think are better than some guys just haven't really played in like two years. Like Leonard, like, I would put Leonard higher, except for that I don't think he's going to play more than thirty games. The guys, the guys. <laughs> I, I'm serious. The guys more. He's Paul George and, like, and Leonard because you can't count on him. That, that's why I won't put uh, Kyrie, you know. That's why I won't put Kyrie up there either, uh, or Harden, because it's he's it's just really, what's really scary is Kyrie is. I'll put where is a chance the Lakers can be tricked into trading for Kyrie or Zach or they can't. You know, they, they, don't have the, 
Yeah. They don't have the pony. They don't want. They don't want a cat. Uh, I'll add. Uh, let's see. Who I, I, I'm thinking of it's like six or so. Uh, we'll go with. Uh, uh, oh, I just had some. Oh, Dame. Uh, I I Dame is. I don't have him in the top ten. I he's gonna show everybody why he should be this season. Uh, Tatum. Uh, there's a really good guard that I'm forgetting, and I can't Shay. remember. Trey. Trey. Trey Young. No, Shay has a little, okay. more, a little bit more to prove. All right. Uh, you got Trey Trey Young is a possibility the Lakers trade for, too. I like Trey Young a lot. Uh, and, I know, that he's, uh, I know he's got holes in his game, but the guy's yeah, no defense. He's, he's, who, who he's an offensive your, maestro. You so know, who rounds out your top ten now, Jamie? There's one more slot. Oh, it's easy for me. Uh, 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 oh, man, but now I'm... Uh, you're blinking. Jimmy, Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy Butler. Okay, all right. I love Jimmy. I love Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's just. I love Jimmy. There's playoffs. Did play he really change his hairstyle? Did he really change? He did. His yes, no, he, he did. did. Just yes, for he the did. just for media day. Just for now. Media now, day. now there is. No, that was just for media day. Just for me. Same. He did the same thing last season. He had like dreads last season, and it was oh, beautiful. Okay. And this, he did the emo. I, I would say I would. You know what? That's an interesting list, Jamie. Uh, the only reason I would keep Jimmy out of a top ten list is because he's a playoff uh, dynamo. Like he, yeah. like he's but, already said, like the eighty-two game is just, uh, is, it's just, is that not, just is walk. that not what, is that not what we play for? Yeah, Joe, who's in your top ten? Eat the damn orange, make a list. <laughs> are we uh, are we doing this in, in like in order, or are we just no, just top nine? Yeah, just, yeah, one through ten. Oh, I don't know about that. I, Let's see here. Um, yeah, well, we did it in order. I'll do, do it, I'll do it in order. I'll do it in order. I'm going to say Jokic, number one. Giannis, number two. Uh, Embiid, number three. Uh, Luka, number four. LeBron, number five. Anthony Davis, number six. Damian Lillard, seven. Steph Curry, eight. Booker, oh, nine. And then Jason Tatum, ten. Oh, I forgot Steph, too. Uh, I, I got to get rid of JJJ for me. I'll take Steph in there somewhere. Okay, yeah. So mine is uh, Joker, Giannis, Embiid, Steph, Tatum, Doncic, KD, Shea Gilgis Alexander, oh, Zion, Zion Williamson, and uh, number ten would be LeBron, Ramon James. So I, w- I wouldn't even put Zion in the top twenty. He hasn't played enough. And the only reason why KD is not in the top ten really, is because more he's, he's a Joe, 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 regard, that's, that's all true. Regardless, he's a top ten talent in the NBA. Hmm. Did you see guys see Wimbanyana play? Yeah. Uh, his two games, yes. Oh, that, yes. that dunk over over a former, over former Laker Bryant. Well, Joe, uh, Tom, me and Joe were talking about how how the hell are you going to defend him on down screens? The guy's seven four. Did you, did you see that alley oop? Is the question. He looked yeah. like he looked like he was sliding. It was a slide. He looked like yeah. <laughs> what he looked like? What uh, Mister Free? What's what's his name from uh, The Incredibles? Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Freeze guy. Well, that layup that he made or dunk that he made when he got a pass that was like he caught the pass above the free throw, above the three-point line and just took one step. One step. One giant step. (laughs) I mean, that was like, wait a minute. And it's like 
men against boys. So it, it is. We we have a little time left. So before we head on out, uh, just going around the uh, the panel here, Tom, uh, what are you looking for in these last two preseason games? I'm looking for Christian Wood to start the next game. Um, everything I see says that ultimately, what's going to what could be the best lineup for the Lakers if they're going to play five out is having Christian Wood there because he's probably the best shooting big that they've got. They can't put anybody else in who's going to outshoot him. You know, um, the big question mark too, to me, which is going to be interesting to see once the regular season starts and LeBron plays his normal minutes is with all of the three point shooting that we have now, as a coach, you really want LeBron to get the ball to, to get the ball by cutting and, and, and doing things off of the ball rather than taking threes. Um, yet threes are how you can expand your game, expand your scoring, and everybody, you know, they, they everybody ranks still how many points points per game you score is how you how you rank. So it'll be interesting seeing how LeBron. I'd love to see him step back. Tom, Tom, you just made you just raised an excellent point that that hasn't really been talked about enough is that he's going to be forced just by just by evolution and nature to change his shot selection. Right. To change You think he, he well hey, he, Jamie, think, but... Jamie, Jamie, LeBron's not of the age right now where he can sure. step out onto the perimeter and go one-on-one dribble driving and step back three like Luca does. He can't do uh-huh. that anymore. He's sure. gotta change he's gotta change the way he he chooses to make threes. A lot of catch and shoots rather than rather than dribble back. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that rather than I'm... I'm just gonna say something. Well, we know, we know, we know what's gonna happen. There are gonna be switches. You know what he's gonna do. He's gonna, he's gonna dial back. He ain't gonna stop shooting threes. No, he steps. He's gonna step back a couple steps and just. You can see it in his eyes. He's ready to go. If it's somebody he thinks he could, he could get it over. That's gonna happen. But but now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, no, no. Hold on, Tom. It wasn't. I didn't necessarily lack for him shooting threes. It was in when there was less than about twenty seconds on the shot clock. <laughs> that could be eliminated with with off the yeah. ball stuff. No, better shot selection for threes for LeBron is definitely a priority for the team. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Hey Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. But the thing that's interesting about the, the new five-out scheme that's really basically a hub where you've got a guy at the top of the key and you and you franken him by shooters in the corners and on wings. 
So that means that it's really hard for any of those shooters to try to help out because you're spreading them out. And so you put AD at the top so he can either take a wide open three or he can attack. And in, and when he attacks, he either goes for the rim for the basket or he hits one of the open. Whoever tries to help out gets a pass out now. The thing that we haven't yet seen, we saw how effective that was last time AD played because that's how he got free all of the time. Christian Wood can play that same spot at the top of the key and he's going to be dynamite. And frankly, so can LeBron James. Because now we're talking about a five-on offense where you really are taking your star player who can attack the basket and score on all three levels, and you're surrounding him with four jump shooters. So LeBron doesn't even have to be in that formula for the thing to work. And it's been working when LeBron hasn't been in the game. So that ability to change the whole way that we're attacking the basketball and and also how how soon you get the ball to him he's trailing so you just hand him the ball you don't have to to figure out how you get him out to the wing of the post and and guys trying to front him and guys trying to double him all of a sudden it's so much easier simply because we got shooting that's the big difference maker if the shooting disappears and and there really is a lakers curse and these guys can't shoot high 30s and 40s man i don't know what we do but if they do, all of a sudden, everything everything works so much better because now you got – that's the simplest way to clear the lane. For a, put a star at the top of the key, and you put D'Lo at the top of the key with four shooters around him, or put anybody at the top of the key with four shooters around, all spread out behind the lines, behind the three-point line. And that's the team – those are the teams that we have trouble stopping. You know, it's the Warriors who play five out and – and have a guy who can reposition better than anybody who's ever played the game of basketball in, in the whole history of the sport in Steph Curry. You know, it's just remarkable how, you know, that the most dangerous moment is when he passes the ball to somebody else, because then you got to figure out how you stop him. How do you, how do you keep him from getting where he's going to get his shot? Um, it's like, it's like in hockey, Tom, um, the, the best hockey player right now is Connor McDavid. And you can't keep the puck off his stick. It's the same thing with Steph. You can't keep the ball out of his hands. Yeah. You just you just hope that he misses most of the time. <laughs> uh, Jamie, uh, what are your expectations or your impressions or anything you're looking forward to or looking uh, more into during these next two preseason games? Well, I would like, but I probably won't get to see more of the regular rotation playing. Um, Guys, if they can play, should play. I'd like to see, you know, if if Reddish is still dealing with an ankle injury, which I think is he twisted his ankle in the fourth quarter of the second game, which is probably why he hasn't played much. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see him at least, like, try to make this equation look a little different than it's looked so far. Um, I, I, I understand the desire to see Wood start on the offensive end. I think that that lineup has a lot of problems on defense. Uh, especially Agreed. if you have if you have Agreed. AD Wood and LeBron as your as your as your front as your front court, uh, I, I think that lineup's gonna get scored on pretty it's, easily. It's a, That's it's a, a trade of offense for defense trade. If, yeah, I I don't see Ham making that trade. Um, I understand the desire to see you know all of the most efficient shooters on the court at the same time. I, I get it, but. Well, you're going to see, see a lot of you're going to see a lot of Christian Wood playing with AD. 
I think that we'll see more Wood playing with Bando or Hayes because that allows them to move Wood out of the paint. Well, yeah. I think you'll see. I think I think that that's a good combination that you'll see when eighty sits. Yeah, I think but, I expect Wood to but be. They've the already but they've already said very strongly that you're going to see a lot of Christian Wood playing next to Anthony Davis. I hope to see it. I hope to see it. But that'll probably be when LeBron sits and you bring in Rui yep. so that you that you can swap that defensive yep. intensity because LeBron is not going to play with defensive intensity. Right. In the first and, and LeBron, He's frankly, right now. LeBron There's right there. now is the weak, weak link. I'll tell you three things that Le, LeBron isn't going to do three things. He's not going to play with defensive intensity. He's not going to change his shot profile, and I can tell you why. Go back and watch Kobe Bryant's last game as a Laker and how much he changed his game as age and injury, sap, whatever you want to talk. He changed Jack. Yeah. He played the game the way he's played the game his entire life. These guys don't change the way they play the game. It's not going to happen. Stop talking about it. Well, the Don't game say it ever again. Anyway, how they can play it. It doesn't change. No, that does it's not gonna it, no, it, it, that's... Okay. I'm not gonna get into it. It's 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 a boot point. You're wrong. It, mm-hmm. he's not gonna change the way he's gonna take four seconds into the shot clock, three pointers from forty two feet out. He's gonna he'll, take ten he'll quick before the game changes him. Let's say that much. That's exactly what I'm saying. He will st- he, th- these guys don't change. That's like asking right. the bull- but asking bulldozer that he... to fly to New York. A bulldozer ain't gonna fly nowhere. You know, do you really, do you really think change. LeBron is going to go all out this year, or do you think that he's going to take an opportunity to say, you know what, with as good a team as I got now, and I've handed the, I've handed the mantle over to, to AD, um, and I got I two kids coming up, maybe I can play three or four more years by just cruising. No, no. I don't you think, think he's still going to go out and make yes. it hard for AD to become the alpha player because he's still here? He's, I, don't, I disagree with that. I don't think he's made it, the game, and I don't think he's made it hard for AD to be the alpha player. I think AD's made well, it hard. He's for made AD it hard for him to be the alpha player simply because he's playing well, really well. I mean, I, I, okay, I, I think that you have a two-part question there. One is, do I think LeBron is going to go all out? I, I think that the, my definition of all out and LeBron's de- definition of all out are probably two very different things. I think LeBron's probably going to go all out for 15 minutes a game. Right. Maybe 20 if the game's on the line and we want to win it. I think the rest of the time you're going to see LeBron missing his cutter when he gets backdoored. You're going to see LeBron, you know, pointing to a guy, blowing past him to somebody who's across the court being like, "Ah, ah, ah, ah," and things like that for a lot of his minutes. And I think he's going to take at least two 40-foot, four seconds into the shot clock, three-point shots per game. It's just how he plays. It's not about this whole narrative, this whole idea of this narrative that these players are like, here, take the sword of next you shall be the champion after I am. It just, that's well, you're dealing, you're dealing with unique personalities. You're dealing with superstars. It so it's not it like... does not exist. There's no mantle. There's no torch. There's no, None of this exists. It's just media fodder to create story where there's no need to create a story. We have two great players who play really well together. Mm-hmm. AD makes it hard for AD to succeed. It's time for AD LeBron. To be honest, it's time for LeBron to start to dial it back. Tom, when did you start dialing it back? But, all right. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, right. I'll have to, I'll I'll have to say, no, no, no. I'll, that's, no, I'll have to step in here. No, no, no. I walk now. I don't, I hike now. I don't run. All I'm saying, all I'm saying, 
All I I'm watch saying, basketball. Tom, I don't play it anymore. All I'm saying, Tom, is that dialing back is not an organic thought process. Nobody thinks now is the time for me to dial it back. Life forces, you to, dial it back. Life forces you to dial it back. Not smart, smartest player who wants to win no. and who is a team first player. As, uh-huh. you, as you're currently watching the Lakers fast break show, ladies and gentlemen, we've yeah. been uh, we've been bombarded with uh, Waldorf as Statler from uh, the Muppets. <laughs> well, Joe hasn't said much this show. No, Joe. Joe is busy. Busy. His fl- the the Joe's flesh is willing. With I can get this goddamn box out of my face. Maybe I, I know. Sean's just like hitting Joe behind the box the whole show. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know what Joe did to Sean. To That's a software. Him. That's a software issue. It's not Sean's fault. Hmm. I know. I know. Well, we. I, I guess we could. Well, I don't know. anyway. No, you can blame I like me. The four and everybody side by else. Side. You can blame me. Everyone else does. <laughs> I just want to say I like the four panels. Where did Joe go? I can't see him anymore. He's like he's there. Chair. I see. I see him. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Listen, all I'm saying is this: is that the greats play great because yeah, that solves it. They, they, that's just how they're just wired. They are wired a certain way, and so the same way somebody well, who's constantly lazy and shows up late to work and gets told like, "Hey, man, you're really, you know," it's just how they are. Like, there's some people are the way they are, and and just because there's a situation where everybody outside of their reality can so easily backseat drive and say, "Well, this is the time you really ought to consider dialing it back and uh, taking a backseat to AD, and we'll all have a merry Christmas, one and all." It doesn't work like I'm that. Nothing like works that like idea, that, man. It doesn't work like that. And I'll bet five dollars right here now that we will see two five forty foot four well, seconds. There is a point. There's a point. Here's the real. The real question is: Are we at the point where? A coach has to perhaps suggest to LeBron that one part of one part of load management, one part of load management and career management is to consider how best to save yourself for the playoffs, to save yourself for the stretch run. And it's really difficult, for example, to say play fewer minutes because fewer minutes means fewer points and guys, guys, I'm a, I'm a 28 point per game score. I don't want to Tom, become a 20 Tom, point per game score. Pat Riley talked about that after the first championship. He called it the disease of more. Right. I want more minutes. I want more touches. I want yep. more points. I want more rebounds. And he said that kind of attitude just and more money. But there's a point where there's a point where somebody like LeBron, and maybe it's next year, maybe it's not this year. But I have a I have a vision of of a point that LeBron is so good that he can sit there and so it's almost like okay start these five guys let me figure out what's going on if we need rebounding i'll come in and rebound if we need defense i'll come in and play defense if we need points he's, i'll come in we he's need litter, points. He's if litter, i need assists i'll come in and throw out him he could he could be the ultimate jack of all trades because some guys have done that some guys have gone from superstar now, granted, it hasn't been Michael Kobe or LeBron, the yeah, three I mean, biggest I mean, names. And and and, but if there's would, a chance that one of them what? could do this, George if there's Crawford a chance that one of them could that, do that, it, that, that would it's be really LeBron James. Tom, that's really a, right. That's really a unique situation, Tom. And in saying that, he'd be the only one. He'd be the only mm-hmm. one in that yeah. in that whole category because there have been 
there have been players who have gone from NBA He's not a me first player. He really isn't a me first player. Bob McAdoo and Vince Carter are probably the two best examples of guys that went from being a superstar to being a role player. Now, uh, LeBron's, if we're going to win a championship, LeBron has to produce obviously more than a role player. But I, I just, if we do win a championship and he's not, he's not the number one and it's AD, that's a unique situation in and of itself. I think we're going to see games where LeBron maybe scores 10, 12 points. And, mm-hmm. and three or four guys score 20 points. Hey, look, and, one of the positives one of the positives about last night was that he almost had as many assists as shot attempts. Right. That's huge. That's huge. a lot is gonna de- a lot is gonna depend on if, if all tw- listen when you look at the first preseason games and you want to look at the entirety of the offseason and where we're headed. We had three real wild cards, right? We had Christian Wood, we had Cam Reddish, and we had Jackson Hayes. Three guys on minimum contracts, low-risk, high-reward players. Well, right now it looks like we're two out of two, and the third guy is injured. That's awfully good results. We were worried about, is is Rui, is playoff Rui, or are we going to get regular season Rui? So far, it's looking like playoff Rui or some version of him. We were worried about Prince. Now we're talking about him starting. Nobody was talking about him being one of the starters. And the guy is playing great. We're worried about three-point shooting. All of a sudden, it looks like our three-point shooting is going to be a strength, not a weakness. Um, We're worried about size. All our big men, all three centers are playing well right now. yeah, I think I agree in that we've got weakness in the guard position. Um, it's maybe the biggest reason why in a guard-driven league we might be forced to make a trade. If we're still if we still perceive ourselves as being a second-tier team below below Milwaukee and and Denver and uh uh Milwaukee, Denver, and who's the third team? Boston. Those three teams, if we, if we aren't up to that level that we think we can compete with them, then then it's very likely that we might make a trade, either D'Lo for a player or maybe uh, maybe we keep D'Lo and maybe it's some other combination, you know? Tom, um, if, the, if D'Lo keeps shooting like this, there's no way. There's no way we can right. move off of him. Um, I've always loved D'Lo, and, and I, I'm really encouraged and proud of how he's handled how he's handled the situation, you know, admitting that he got played off of the court because of his defense. And um, he's really addressed it. And I, and I, he played excellent defense. I thought in the last game, there was several critical plays. Um, and a lot of it is just effort, you know, making an effort on, like Jamie said, you make an effort on that side. <laughs> well, good things happen. You know, the, the enthusiasm gets contagious and you get a tip and the ball is loose and it, it opens up so many things that, that are positive for the team. Um, and he's got size and good hands, you know, and and uh, I'd love to see him succeed. I'd love to see us, you know, I, I, everybody accuses me of all the time of, you don't like this team. You want to trade everybody. That's not the case. I want to win. I want a team that's good enough to win. And right now, I don't think that we're good enough to win. I think that there's a chance because of the nature of the youth. We have a team that's filled with young veterans, and that's the perfect mix because those are the guys who by the end of the year, 
could be a little bit better or a lot better. And while we're maybe the fourth team in the, in, in the pecking order right now, we could be, we could be up there near the first team by the end of the year. If some of these guys really develop and go along, I mean, this entire staff is very player development oriented and all of the guys we're talking about are guys that are still in their twenties. It really means that they're just entering their prime at, at worst and, and, couple of years away from it at best. So there's so many things to be positive about. Darwin Ham is changing the changing the strategy. We're playing five out now. We're playing modern basketball for a change. I can how many years? I mean I can go back to when when the different coaches that we've had and, and just sort of the refusal to play modern basketball. This old school mentality that has plagued the Lakers front office for years is finally gone. And Palenka and Ham working together as a tandem have really made a difference in a vision of the kind of basketball team that we're going to have going forward. Frank uh, Vogel, Luke Walton, Byron Scott. Oh, Byron Scott used to drive me crazy with a hating three-point shots and so forth. Um, I think he, I think he actually, I think he actually wiped his ass with all the uh, the analytic. Uh, spreadsheets that they gave him uh, personally. Oh, geez. You know, I, it, he should have been coaching the Dodgers at that point then. Hey. <laughs> well, there, is point, there is a point. Listen, analytics has become a big issue with the Yankees. The Yankees have really made some terrible decisions. Um, <laughs> decisions pushed by the analytics departments. Um, there's a, there's a and it's interesting because baseball show. analytics was really the first sport to really get into this whole translating stats into money and salaries, you know, and figuring out how you can get more stat, high, more productivity throughout your organization by, by following certain hey, measures. Tom, Tom, Bill James didn't, didn't wear a sweater or, or a suit. He was a, a night guardman at a beans factory. That's who changed baseball. Yep. It is. Anyway, there's some, there's some really great baseball movies, you know. Uh, we are off money, money ball, money no, ball. We're not. We're getting back on. We're getting <laughs> back right. on there, Waldorf. All right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they're great. Before we end on, I can't. I can't. Not. The, I can't get that raspy voice. <laughs> anyway, before we head in on that, uh, guys, let us know what you're working on on Lakerholics, Tom. What do you got cooking right now? I've been really intrigued with the three-point shooting and and the five-out offense and so forth, and looking at how that's going to go going moving forward. Um, uh, it's I, I think that it's what is it? Twenty-fourth is the first game, and this worth. is the uh, this is the fourteenth, I think, right? Mm-hmm. So ten days away from the season opener, Lakers have got a tough first ten games. It'll be real interesting to see how well we do in the first ten games. Do you have and a prediction on that first 10, Tom? I think we're going to be seven and three or eight and two. Jamie? Seven and three. Joe? Seven and three. And, okay. Sean? Six and four. Whoa. He's a moderator. He's got to take Jamie. He's got to take uh, Gerald's position here. I love I love reality. Bring it. Bring 10 and 0. It. 10 and 0. Oh, that'd be great. We're going to sweep the season. Anyway, uh, ladies it's and only gentlemen. only one game. 
been uh, oh, a great almost hour and 15 minutes here with uh, the guys from Liquorholics. I want to thank uh, Tom. Liquorholics? Tom, I, I want, I, is it all right Andrew, if I ask oh. to put that on your tombstone? Like, it's only what? one game. <laughs> well, Jamie, that's actually, it's pretty appropriate for a tombstone when you think about it. That's right. Jamie, it's only one game, man. Jamie decided we were going to go off the rails, and he decided to do it by himself by becoming <laughs> very morbid at the end of Liquorholics Fast Break. With that, ladies and gentlemen, I've completely lost all control. <laughs> Good night. Good night, everybody. Adios.